The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Uh, G. Cobb in the House on Voice America Sports. I'm Micah Warren, and I will be joined uh, shortly by our buddy G. Cobb. Uh, so a lot going on to talk about this week. Obviously, the, the preseason in the NFL is just wrapping up. Uh, so finally, we get to actually watch some real football soon. I know every time, every year when the preseason starts, it's always so great because it really is the first football we've seen since the Super Bowl. You know, call it what you want. And it gets so exciting. But, man, I'll tell you what, after this three, four weeks in, it gets pretty painful. You know, you go through your fantasy drafts, you're getting all ready for the season, and it's just, oh, I can't do much more uh, preseason football. So I think there's what? Three games left. Uh, we got three preseason games left to endure, and then uh, finally we get some real football on Thursday night. Uh, so that's exciting. So we'll talk about that tonight. We'll talk about getting ready for the NFL season. Uh, last night, uh, big night for the Eagles. Every year they play the Jets in this fourth preseason game, and it's the biggest waste of time um, every year. Uh, they don't play their starters. Nobody does. Um, so it's a bunch of backups fighting for, you know, the third linebacker in here or, you know, backup defensive ends, and it's just, it's, it's really not even, can't even say it's watchable. Um, and, okay, G, you with us now? Hello? Hey, G, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm just talking about this miserable Eagles-Jets game that we have to deal with every year. Uh, last night was actually kind of worthwhile as far as, you know, we got to see a few things. You got to see a little bit of extended Michael Vick. You got to see... Him and the Wildcats that they were using, and then they actually, you know, had him playing quarterback. We got to see a little Kevin Cobb because, as we know, they're not going to keep four quarterbacks. So somebody's going, and you know, you like to get some idea of uh, of what Kevin Cobb can do at this point. Uh, I don't know that he changed many opinions last night. He's still just okay, and that's all I can ever think. He's just okay, and he's playing against backup, so you can't really get a good idea of what he can do. Um, overall, what did you think of Cobb last night? Did he do anything to, to change your mind terribly about what you think uh, they had in him? Well, I don't. I don't think he was. Uh, it was the kind of game that uh, where he's going to uh, really convince you that he's a real keeper. I mean, can he go out there and um, you know look like he's playing the quarterback position? Uh, yes, but you know the big thing is uh, for most of the game they didn't do any blitzing. So you didn't have any blitzing. If you noticed, uh, it was just the front four that was putting pressure on the quarterback at times early in the game. Uh, later on, when Vic got in there, because uh, <laughs> uh, I was talking to some of the guys up in the press box, and Rich Ryan had said, you know, there's not going to be any blitzing in this game. But later on, uh, they started blitzing in the second half. Uh, in the first half, they weren't doing any blitzing, which really I have learned is really one of Kevin Cobb's uh, weaknesses. He 
he, he has problems reading and, and reacting to that. But I thought he was okay. I mean, he did make some good throws. I, I like that throw he made to uh, uh, Brandon uh, Gibson, where Gibson went up and caught it on. Um, it was like a little, you know short post route type. Mm-hmm. Um, was a nice, really a nice catch by the kid, and he made some throws. Of course, he missed some others. He, he let go of the ball early on some couple throws where he could have. He had a guy wide open, and and he missed him. Um, you know, and, and, and really, you know, Kevin Cobb, you know, if we get to Kevin Cobb, uh, I, I, you know, season's over. I mean, who, who's, who's kidding you? <laughs> um, <laughs> that is true. He has, like, a nervous look to him in the pocket. Like, he's, he's just waiting for something bad to happen, and uh, he just doesn't, I don't know, he just doesn't instill confidence in the offense. Uh, but you said it. If, if they get to Cobb, and you could even argue the same for Vic right now. I don't know what you thought about Vic. Uh, obviously, he hasn't, been, he hasn't played for two years. That we get. Uh, so his, his speed is not quite up up to where it needs to be. Do you think he's ever going to get that speed completely back? I mean, he's only, what, he's 29. He's not ancient. Uh, but that burst just isn't there. He's still a, a mediocre quarterback at best. Uh, do you think he's ever going to be full speed again? Well, uh, I don't, you know, it depends on what you're talking about, full speed. If, he's, if you think he's going to get back to where he's running four threes, I don't think. But he's still fast. Uh, the thing he's got to do is get in shape. Um after a couple of those runs, uh, he was just totally gassed. And, uh, you know, you could see that his legs were tired and he was out there on rubbery legs uh, because he's just not in, in good shape. Uh, so that that's a problem. But, um, you know, he's a work in progress. I, I think he and, and Kevin Cobb, I mean, you know, as much as people want to talk, I mean, do you want to go into the season with either one of those guys as the quarterback? I mean, you know, I, I think that pretty much says it all, uh, that um, – you know, they're both – you're working with both of them. And, and really, uh, you know, I wrote this in one of the articles the other day, which is if you really think – if you really truly believe the Eagles think that Kevin Cobb is, their, is the guy of the future is the answer, why would they have Michael Vick in here? I mean, right. come on. So we, we know that that's not totally truthful for the Eagles to say that. At the same time, uh, you know, you, you had one team went after Michael Vick and, to sign him, and, and it was the Eagles. And, you know, nobody else was beating down the door. Uh, you know, Michael Vick wasn't a great quarterback years ago. The Eagles are trying to uh, – they, they're working to, to, um, to correct a lot of, you know, different mistakes to make him fundamentally sound. Uh, he does have a good arm, but a good arm and being a good quarterback really are two different things. So – uh, yes, he's a tremendous athlete. Even now, there are few quarterbacks that are as fast as he is in the NFL. But, you know, that, that in and of itself is not a lot. I mean, no, it's not. I, I am not as thrilled as some people, uh, as other people are, including Andy Reid, Rex Ryan, all these guys. I mean, cut it with the Michael Vick hype. I mean, cut it, you know? Seriously. He wasn't that good to begin with, G, and you know, we've said that before. Here's my bigger question. Now, because a lot of people say, well, why was he brought in? So there's the argument that, well, he's going to help. Now you have to account for him. He's going to change things on offense, and he will. That's fine. Um, but the whole notion that they can help get him up to speed and then trade him, if I'm another team, I don't know why seeing somebody run the Wildcat, you know, 10 to 12 plays a game for a season, is going to tell me I'm going to trade for him and make him my starter. So I don't know that that's really a, a good avenue. If they had any idea that they're going to come in and, you know, I know Andy Reid wants to teach him and get his work ethic up and make him a quarterback. I don't know that the Eagles will be able to display him that way. 
I mean, running some gimmicks and then being a full-time quarterback are two different things. Because you see an NFL team, let's say they do use him this way, 10 to 12 plays a game. And he comes in and he does wildcat and he throws stuff here and there, and, yeah, that's all well and good. Can you imagine a team saying, boy, that's enough for me. I'll give you a second-round pick. Well, you know, uh, I, have to, I just have to see how he does. I mean, he has his drawbacks. Uh, some people can become enamored, I mean, uh, with his speed, and they're enamored with his arm. I mean, so uh, the fact that he was drafted the first pick in the draft, you know, there, there are people that get enamored. All you need is one team that says, oh, we just got to have him. We got to have him. Right. And, and, you, and you let him have him. I mean, you, you fleece him and you let him have him. So uh, I, I don't know. Um, I can't say I know all of the sides of this, and I've had people come to me with all kind of, you know, different ideas and theories about why he's here in the first place. Uh, I've had people close to Donovan McNabb come to me and tell me, you know, well, what, what's Don, Donovan's thinking about this and why he, Donovan brought him here and everything. And I don't know that any of them are true. So uh, I, I'm still trying to walk through this just like everybody else. And I think the Eagles are walking through this because I don't know that they know exactly what they have. Uh, there's certain things that I see, uh, like that uh, they like to run that option, trying to run the option with Michael Vick. Michael Vick doesn't want to run the option. He doesn't want to get hit. No, he doesn't. He's, he's pitching the ball. He's five yards from the guy, and he's pitching the ball. I mean, come on. That's not yeah. an option. <laughs> no, it's not. And, you know, they really don't run that in the, the pros. That's really a college thing to do. And I, I don't know that. You know, I think, Vic, you know, obviously he wants to get back to playing quarterback. I just don't know if that's going to happen in Philadelphia. I, I, I don't – excuse me. I, I just don't see – where he's either going to showcase enough of his talent to prove that he's ready to play quarterback and go elsewhere. And I just don't ever see him overtaking Donovan McNabb. Last night I was watching this game. I was like, this is Donovan McNabb appreciation night. If you don't appreciate Donovan McNabb, watch that game last night. I mean, some of the, some of the quarterback play was, was just horrific. And I, I, I just don't see Vic, even if Andy Reid starts to get him to where he needs to be, I don't see him having the skills to ever overtake Donovan. Everyone thinks, well, you know, he's going to do this this year, and then he'll get back, and uh, maybe in two years when Donovan's contract is up, he'll be the quarterback of the Eagles. To me, that is a major, major mistake. I can't see wanting to go in that direction. The guy, he has had some success in the NFL. He has. I don't think he's ever been great, but, I mean, he did get to an NFC championship game. But, you know, Donovan's been to five, and they're ready to get rid of him. I don't see how this guy gets his stuff together to where he is ever going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. And when you think of it that way, it makes you have more questions. All right, well, then what is he doing? Is he really just a gadget guy? He makes $5 million next year, Jay, if they keep him. That's no, a lot of money for a no, gadget no, guy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't make $5 million. He yes, makes have... five million. Wait, wait. He makes $5 million if they keep him and play him. He doesn't make $5 million if he's on the bench. A lot of the money that he was going to make, it's incentive dollars. If he's playing, if he's starting, yes, he's going to get $5 million. And basically what they did with this agent is if he's a starter, he's going to make a lot more money. If he starts half of the season, he's going to make a lot much more money. But if he doesn't play, he's not, he's, he's not making the big dollars. You know, he's there, was, there wasn't a big portion of that that was just as far as being on the roster? Wait, wait, beg your pardon? There wasn't a big portion of that number, though, that was just being on the roster? No, there's some of it, yes. Uh, I think he gets up to around three. Okay. But he gets up into fives from playing. He's got to play to get up into the fives. And... And so, um, you, know, I, I don't, you know, I'll be honest, I do not know. I don't understand this whole thing. Um, 
I, I see, you know, different things about Michael Vick that, uh, that, you know, that are impressive. But, you know, when you're talking about quarterbacking, really. Come on. It's not all there. I mean, uh, they, you know, now Andy thinks, I guess, or at least he's telling us, he thinks he can put it there. But that's a, that's a, big, that's a big step. It's a big step to, to be able to come out and master the whole offense, have it down to the point to where uh, you know where everybody is. You can go to your second, third, and fourth. Yeah, and it's not an easy offense to master either at that. So, but, gee, there's another eagle I want to ask you about. On the other side, we've got to take a break right now. But on the other side, i got, I got a guy I want to talk to you about. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. The Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Come on. Well, here it comes. Oh. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Network. The Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like, Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like cease store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. Or we'll try to convince you that our product will give you cleaner, tighter abs in minutes. A perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to feedthepig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
you're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's up, everybody? Uh, G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. I'm with our buddy G Cobb. And we're talking about the, uh, the Eagles game last night and Michael Vick and all that. And uh, I'm already kind of done talking about Michael Vick, I think, for the rest of the year. But there's another guy I wanted to get your opinion on, G. And I know it's early. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm really not. But when I watch him play, I'm not seeing it. And when we watched, we first got to training camp last year, and you saw Deshaun Jackson. He, whatever it is, he has it. He is absolutely, he has it. I am not seeing it from Jeremy Macklin. I don't know if it's his running instincts. It's the way he absorbs hits. Maybe it's just he can't do kick and punt returns. There's something about him that I'm not seeing. And, again, I know it's early. He's a rookie. Uh, he came in a little late. But just purely just watching him, there's something that's not there for me. Uh, are you seeing that, too, or you think he's all right? Well, I just think he's young, you know. Um, uh, you know, really, you know, comparing him to Deshaun, who is uh, usually, you know, is the unusual, uh, uh, very unusual of the bunch. Uh, the thing is, the way that uh, Jeremy is built, uh, he's, he's taller, he's angler, he, he's, he's thin, you know, and he got pounded a few times, and he's, he's, he's gun-shy. And I think it's, it's very clear that he is. He's not a kick returner. Shouldn't no. be back there. They should take him out of there. Uh, whoever the coach is and Andy and them, you know, come on. It's very obvious. The guy is not a kickoff returner. Kickoff returner, you've got to – you know, I was, I was talking to Beasley Reese about this last night. You know, as a kickoff returner, it's like you're running into a dark hole. And you don't really know what's in there. You know, you think you know what's in there. You know you don't know what's in there. <laughs> and you've got to be willing to run in there, and you might get blasted. But you've got to be willing to run it because sometimes you run in there, all of a sudden you're out the backside of it, and it's off to the races. But you've got to be willing to hit the hole. Uh, now, Macklin has gunshot because he got pounded a couple times running in there. And so he's tentative, and he's not a kickoff returner. Uh, the fact that they're still doing it is just ridiculous. You know, that's, you know, the incompetence coaching, and it makes me wonder about the special team coach. You know, come on. It's he's terrible. Not, it, not, gee, you're exactly right. He's not a kick returner. And, and people have said for years, uh, I mean, I, I think you would agree with this. To be a punt returner or a kick returner, it's kind of like you were saying, but I'll take it a step further. you kind of got to have a few screws loose. There has to be something sort of wrong with you that's willing to do that. These guys are huge, and they're running full speed, and they want to they hurt you. So, yeah, I can understand why he's tempted. It can't be fun. But there are guys that are fine with it, and that's just what they do. They don't mind. They'll catch a punt staring straight up in the air while you're about to put your helmet through their chest. There's guys that will do it. He just does not – he's not that guy. He doesn't look comfortable. And even, even if nothing else, G, I don't want him getting hurt. If this guy really does have a chance to contribute to this team – don't put him back there and risk him getting hurt when he's not even good at what he's doing. I mean, I, I, he goes out to the 20 and then basically falls down. You might as well just take a knee in the end zone. They have other guys that can return kicks. 
or try somebody else in the preseason that you think might be able to return kicks. That's not his thing. I don't want to see him back there on punts. Um, we haven't seen a ton of him uh, on offense other than they, they like to throw him like little screens and let him run. That's all well and good. You know, you'd really like to see him. I don't know. I'd like to see him, you know, try more downfield stuff. I, I felt like last night, did you, did you feel like last night the offense was a, was a lot of short stuff? And I know they don't want to give up their game plans and stuff like that, but so what, Cobb and Vicker in there, they're not giving anything up. Um, I kind of just wanted to let them try Macron a little bit more on offense. Do you think they're, they're doing too much with the screen stuff, or are they just trying to play it safe? Well, you know, I think what they're doing uh, with him is they're you know, trying to find ways in which they can fit him in. Um, they do try to go deep to him to give him shots to make uh, catches downfield. Uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Macklin's going to have to grow into this. Uh, most of the time, well, a lot of times with receivers, guys have to grow into the job. Now, as I said, you, if you, comp- you compare him to Deshaun last year, it's really not fair because most of the guys, I mean, well, how many Deshauns have come into the league? It, I mean, think of the think of some a lot of the great receivers and tell me how many of them hit the league uh, at the level that Deshaun did. They're, they're just not there. I mean, you're right. no, you're right, and that's unfair for me to make that comparison. You're exactly right. Uh, we do it here in Philly because it's so easy to do. Uh, you know, one rookie wide receiver comes in. This guy's drafted even higher. You know, burner and everything. And you make a good point. I mean, Jerry Rice had what two touchdowns his rookie year? It's I mean, it's something pretty low. It's two or three. Um, so maybe it, it is a little early. Um, that we're judging him that's hard, but I don't know. It's like sometimes you can just kind of get a feel, and right now, I think i got to agree with you, he's gunshot, at least on the kickoff returns, but he doesn't, there's just something about him that he doesn't, I don't know if I love his running instincts, and I don't know if you can teach that. You know, hopefully hopefully he can catch and make plays. Like you said, they do go downfield to him. I wish they did it even more. I, mean, I really want to really see what this kid can do. Um, but, again, it's early. It's not really fair to do. Now, this is an unfair question. Knowing what you know exactly right now and what happened to Cornelius Ingram in the tight end spot, would you have rather them have taken Brandon Pettigrew instead of Macklin? Well, uh, you know, that, that's, that's really kind of irrelevant. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the reason being is um, but you, you don't know how Pettigrew's doing. I mean, uh, we, we, you know, they could be, you know, uh, down on him right now. And it's still very early. Uh, I, I think that um, clearly, you know, I, I think that having him do the kickoff returns, you know, is hurting him even as a receiver because it's making him tentative. There's certain things he can be comfortable doing. You want to find out what he what he can do and he's comfortable doing. And the, the kid, I mean, if the ball hits his hands, most of the time he catches the ball, which is a good thing. Right. Uh, he's he's going to get bigger and, and see, he's going to be the kind of guy, I think, that will be better at, you know, will have more room to grow from a size standpoint and as a player, than Deshaun. Because as good as Deshaun has been, I mean, how much bigger is he going to get? He's not going to get any bigger. No. You know, he just, he just doesn't have that body type. And it, but uh, but Macklin's going to get bigger, and the guy you're going to see in two years, you're not going to recognize from this guy. So, uh, And then he, he, he's a smart kid. He knows the routes. He's not making mistakes. The thing you've got to get him doing, though, is uh, letting him play wide receiver, get, gain some confidence, because certain things he does, he's okay. Uh, he's not a, a, a totally full compass receiver yet, though. He's, he's not. And, and, uh, and most of them aren't. That's just the way it is. And so 
what you want to do is put him in there and let him run the routes he can run. And and really, that's what's saving Kevin Curtis. If he if he was uh, totally accomplished, Kevin would probably be out of a job because clearly his body's breaking down on him. So, you know, I mean, when guys are going from injury to injury all the way around their body, you know, that that doesn't that doesn't uh, make a lot real confidence, especially when what is he thirty one years old? So, yeah. So that that's a concern. But uh, the big thing with him, though, I would say with Jeremy is you got to be patient with him, get him in places where he can have some success. Uh, I think as a punt returner, since he since he is pretty good, he will catch the football and he'll get better as he goes along. You need you don't need to have Deshaun in there doing that all the time. You need to be able to let Jeremy go in there and do that. And as a as a punt returner, even though it, it might be you know um, it might be you know really kind of depressing to see him sometimes and the way he does things because he's so tentative. But there are going to be sometimes he'll go find a crease, he'll hit hit a corner or something. And gain some yards because as a punt returner, see you can peck around. You can, you don't have to be so aggressive. You can kind of look this way and maybe run it back this way, and let your instincts kind of guide you. But right now he's being too tentative. See, he's just playing so tentative, and I think part of it is because of those kickoffs. He is not a kickoff returner. You don't need to, and he's just in there getting battered. I mean, what are they trying to prove? See, to me, see, I fall coaching more than I do him because. You're supposed to be looking for a kickoff returner. So you identify, okay, he's not a kickoff returner. Let's get him off of there. We want to put him in a place where he can have some success. We don't want the kid feeling like he's starting to doubt himself, you know, because one of the big things with young players, and I'm saying, uh, Jeremy Macklin, he's not as old as uh, LaShawn McCoy. He's not as old as uh, Deshaun Jackson was last year. And I say this not talking about years. I'm just talking about in their development as players. He's going to fill out more. And if he gets on the weight, this kid is going to fill out, and he's going to be much bigger than Deshaun. He's going to be a he – could, he could grow into where he is um, uh, near the size of, let's say, Jason Avant. Now, you make him Jason Avant, and, and now you've got a player who's faster than Jason, who can work inside, and you've got yourself a pro receiver. You know, and that's what I see him developing into is a Jason Avant with some speed because the kid can't catch the ball. I mean, he, he's got great hands, and, and they're going to do nothing to get better. But don't expect to see him and, and judge him by Deshaun because he's just not there yet. He's, he's, just, that, he's just not where, you know, and, um, you know, when, when you draft kids. But what they want to do is get him in positions to let him have some success. And with the fact he'll catch the ball and he runs pretty good routes, he'll, he'll be okay in this offense. The other stuff will come uh, with him catching the ball and turning it into big plays. You know, that, that'll, that'll come in time. Yeah, and you know what, Gee, if you're right, that he can become Avant with speed. I mean, Avant would, Avant would be an elite receiver if he had speed. That's really the only thing he doesn't have. His roots are excellent. He, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's big. He catches. He just can't run all that well. Um, but you made a good point about Kevin Curtis. Uh, he, now he's got kind of the bum knee. And you know what, gee, he could be looking at losing a roster spot anyway. I don't see it, but some people think he could be the guy. But the receiver situation is interesting because I think they're going to have to get rid of a good player, whether it's Basket or Brown. They'll probably trade Reggie Brown. But if, if Macron's not ready to start opposite Deshaun and Curtis can't go, I'm not sure how you can let go of Reggie Brown because you know, everyone can knock him all they like. He's one of the, he can step in and start. He's done it. He can do it. Um, probably better than anybody else left after those guys because you want Avant in the slot. I mean, how can how can you get rid of Reggie Brown if you aren't sold on either Curtis or, or and Macklin's not ready? Well, you know that's a good question. Um, 
I think that it's worth uh, thinking about. I, you know, and with the way that Kevin is breaking down, I mean, they're going to go with Kevin, but goodness. I mean, what, when is the last time this guy's been healthy? It's been I mean, two, it's pretty much been two years, G. I mean, the sports turning into two sports turning surgeries, which we know how long it takes to come back. And now it's a knee. And like you said before, he's 31. He's 31 and relies on his speed. So if things like knees and ankles start to go, that's a big problem. I, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's, worth some, it's worth thinking about. I, uh, I just don't know that if, you know, if you've got a guy that's not healthy, that, he's, he's, he's at the bottom of the list. And uh, even though they're uh, making like it's no problem, you know, I see a problem. I, I, I see agree. a big problem because he, he hasn't been healthy. And um, I, think, I think it's the point where you've got to really consider um, about moving him. Yeah, they got to figure out something, G. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll see you on the other side. VoiceAmericaSports.com, G. Cobb in the house. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now, you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six-DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised, better-built's World of Outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? Michael Warren and G Cobb. G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. And uh, we've been talking some Eagles. And, G, I want to switch gears a little bit because these Phillies are looking all right. And I kind of wanted to bring this up with you this week because we rail on the guy every week. We do. Brad Lidge, we, we just kill him every week. He's been brutal this year. We've got 10 blown saves. He's actually had a few decent outings recently. He's actually saving one run games, if you can believe that. Um, and the Phillies. Actually, just beat a, a San Francisco Giants team uh, two out of three games, and they scored three runs the whole series. So the pitching has been a lot better. Um, obviously, Cliff Lee going tonight against the Astros, but Pedro outdoled Lincecum last night uh, in a two-one game. Do you have? Are you getting your confidence back in Lidge at all? That if they get into these close games like they did this week, are you getting any confidence back in Lidge that he could be okay to get you through it? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the more, you know, with, uh, times he comes in is able to make it through, you know, uh, and to get a save, I, I think builds more confidence in him. Uh, uh, will you have the confidence that you had last year? Uh, I don't see how you can have that. But uh, at least seeing him have some victory, I think, does something for him, does something for the fans. I think it does something for Charlie Manuel. Uh, you know, it, it's good. Anytime, you know, you're having success, of course, you know, uh, I think success builds uh, upon success, and uh, success breeds success. So uh, I think it's definitely good, but, um, you know, uh, my confidence in him is not the important thing. I think that, that he, has, he has confidence in, him, in himself, too, because out there as a, um, as a closer, one of the big things is you've got to have confidence because you're going to be throwing, I mean, come on, you're going to get in 3-1 count. What are you throwing? You're just going to come in there with the fastball, or do you right. think you can get – you can you can get your slider over, you know that's just confidence. So you know, do you give in to a hitter, or do you do you throw him uh, his pitch, or do you throw him your pitch? You know? So I, I hope he has more and more confidence in himself, and a lot of it you'll be able to find out by seeing what he does when he gets into crunch time. Is he giving in to the hitter because he can't get his pitch over? Uh, when he's giving in to the hitter, we've already seen Brad Lidge does not have the stuff uh, to make it if he's giving in to the hitter. So. No, and he needs to get in, he needs to get ahead and count. That's huge too. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you can't put the first guy on, and that's what we were seeing him do all too often. You, you can't let that first guy on, whether hit can't walk him, you can't let him get on in a closing situation. Um, and and secondly, though, he's got to stay ahead of hitters. Um, you know, get that fastball across early in the count. Maybe get him to bite on a slider. Now you got him zero and two, and that hitter is not thrilled that you might come back with that slider, and he's got to start guessing. And he did it brilliantly last year. He threw the slider for strikes. And, you know, he really had hitters guessing. I, I, I agree with you. I think he's getting some of that confidence back. They put him in games probably, you know, were terrified to do so, but you kind of had to do it. And so my next point on Lidge, though, is uh, they activated Myers today. He's back off the DL. Uh, Brett Myers, he, he's been throwing for Lehigh Valley and all his rehab stuff. He's kind of pretty, pretty good insurance should Lidge turn out to be what he's been the rest of this season, which is unreliable at best. Uh, Myers was a 2007 was the closer, 
Um, and he had some success doing it. Um, he has to pitch out of the bullpen. We, they, they're not going to put him back as a starter. There's just not enough time to get him stretched out. So he's definitely in the bullpen. Um, but he could provide some insurance uh, for Lidge should, should he revert to that. And I don't think they'd have any problems going to him because, gee, we've talked about this a million times. You can't do it in the playoffs. You can't blow those saves because you're, you're done like that. It's over. It's done. And so that, does, that, that gives me a little bit more confidence as far as that bullpen situation. The other guy who is a big question mark, who's actually starting to pitch like we saw last year, is Cole Hamill. Now, if he gets himself together, well, now you've got, you know, Hap aside, didn't have a good game the other night, but for the most part, I think Hap is fine. Blanton has been great. Cliff Lee, we know, and if Hamill is Hamill again, and for any reason, whether it's Lidge or Myers, that they get somewhat done in the back end there, I'm not sure I see a better team in the National League than the Phillies, because that lineup is murder, absolutely. And I know the Dodgers improved themselves, uh, the Cardinals are going to be tough, but do you? I mean, this team—if they can just get—if they just get that bullpen straightened out, because they're going to get guys back too, Romero, hopefully—is uh, is there a better team? I mean, they would have to be the best team in the National League. Do you think they're the best team at that point? Well, I think they could very well be. Uh, even though you know, it's just going to come down to you know seven games. Uh, so you know, you you want to you know make sure that you, you know you're playing your best ball, but. There are no guarantees, and we all know that. You're talking about seven games. I think they are one of the best teams, uh, but I, I think, you know, categorically saying they're the best team, uh, I could say that. It really doesn't mean much because, you know, you could have uh, the worst hitter on any of the teams come up and hit a key home run. So uh, the big thing that they got to do is they just got to get it done in those seven games, but uh, you, you, you want to go in with, the, uh, with everything you can have. So that's why you would like to have uh, get Myers up so – you got another arm, somebody that's reliable, somebody that's been through it before, and uh, you know that gives you a chance uh, to go out if something unforeseen happens that you don't mind giving the ball to, that you think can deal with the pressure and go out and compete. So uh, I'd say you know stock the bullpen, uh, you know get the you know the starters have everybody playing at their top level, and uh, you want to go for it again. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think they are one of the best teams uh, in the game. And they've got as good a chance to win it as anybody. And uh, I think it could be very exciting. I mean, because, you know, depending on if they were to make it through this group and, and wound up playing either the, the, either the, uh, the Yankees or the Red Sox, it, it, come on. It, Philadelphia will have trouble containing themselves. You know, no, you're right. And that would probably be one of the highest-rated uh, World Series in recent memory to get a Philadelphia uh, Yankees series. Um, the other thing that concerns me, and I, I – because I talked to somebody that, that's kind of down around the Phillies, and they're saying the word is there's concern around the Phillies that Ibanez could have a sports hernia. We just mentioned it with Kevin Curtis. We know how bad they are. Remember, when he went to the DL, that was a groin strain. Well, he was listed as a groin. That's kind of that same area. So I, I don't think it's a stretch to think he could have a sports hernia. He, he's been just dreadful since coming off the DL. He, he hasn't been what he was. Uh, his power is not there. He hit one to the opposite field the other night that, that landed on the warning track, and you know two months ago that ball's out of here. Uh, he's not getting around on the ball very quickly. I mean, once I heard that, I'm kind of thinking I might have to agree with that. Something's not right with Ibanez. And if he was himself from June, I don't see how anybody beats this team because that lineup is just absolutely deadly. Um, do you think Ibanez is hurt? I don't see this as a slump. Do you think it's just a natural slump, or do you think there's something physically wrong with him? Well, I think that, uh, you know, if this had ha- happened for, you know, a week, two weeks, uh, but to be so noticeably different than what he was early in the season, I'd have to say that he's injured in some way or another uh, because, you know, I, I have, I've rarely seen something. 
Uh, even even his speed it seems like he's not as fast as he was. I, I I just don't you know I just don't see the same athlete out there for whatever reason. And as I said, that's why I'm thinking you know they uh, could be injured and just trying to play through it. But uh, something is awry. Uh, this is not the guy that we saw. Uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, this is not the guy we saw at the beginning of the, of the season. So no, it's not even close, G. It's not even close. And and you hate to see it because this is a guy that. Through about a month of the season, you said this guy's never going to buy a beer on his own in this town again. And, and not that the fans have turned on him at all, but, boy, he really went cold. And, and I can't imagine that this is a slump, and it's a shame because he is such an important bat. You know, there was times when, they, you know, early in the season they couldn't pitch at all, but they're winning games because of guys like Abanez. He would go out there, you know, knock two home runs, and he's just hitting the ball anywhere he wants. And it, it was amazing to watch. Um, so it, it's a big-time concern, and I don't know... Um, you know, you can have the September call-ups now, that's all well and good, but they can't play in the playoffs. I don't know if it gets to the point where you consider sitting him. Um, and that's a big decision to make. I mean, is he, is he to the point where you have that little confidence that he's just not going to get a hit anymore? They moved him down in the order. He's hitting sixth right now. Uh, at some point, do you bat Feliz ahead of him? Is, is there somebody else to start? You're not going to put stairs out there. I mean... Talk about brutal. He's been terrible, even though he's only a pinch hitter. I don't know that they have anybody to replace him out there. Maybe Ben Francisco. Would Would you consider putting Ben Francisco in the starting lineup? It's, it's early October, and you're, the, you're Charlie Manuel. You say, look, this guy's got to sit down. Maybe, maybe he comes off the bench as a good pinch hitter. Um, do they have to consider Ben Francisco at some point? Well, I think it's only fair. I mean, it's just like that. Uh, like last year with um, with Brad Lidge. I mean, you know, if if he's not doing the job, it's not fair to the rest of the guy of the guys to say, well, he he did it last year, so he deserves a chance to mess it up for us this year. No, that's not the way it is. We're going to put our best guys on the field. My job as a manager is try to put the group out there that gives us the best chance to win. And if uh, uh, you know, if uh, Banez is not performing at a level, um, you know, as high, uh, then you know they they got to go ahead and go with uh, Francisco. I mean. Simple as that. This is this is not about keeping you know being nice to people and everything. And uh, you know I, I, I you know this is one reason why at certain times <clears throat> people will say things about <clears throat> some of the coverage and some of the people that cover sports in Philadelphia. They have no problem saying, "Hey, sit Donovan McNabb's behind down. Let give it whatever. He's not getting the job done." Blah blah blah. But I'll hear the same people cry for a break uh, for let's say Abanez and. Tell me he has done as much for Philadelphia as McNabb has. I, you know, and, and this is the reason that you know, I wind up defending a guy like McNabb because, look, with all due, due, due respect to Abanez, the guy has played half a year for, for this franchise. Why people are so endeared to him where he said, no, no, we can't even think of that. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why can't yeah. we? I mean, you, you, put the, you put the best person out there, and right now I don't know what it is. Like I said, he could very well be injured. Uh, which is what I would say, you know, but something's wrong. I mean, come on. You're going to tell me the ball was jumping off his bat early in the season and now? Yeah, and and, Gee, they're going to have to make a decision on that too. Uh, Right now we're going to go to break, and we will pick this up on the other side. G Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the 
shot. Got it! With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. If you're a fantasy football lover, you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial. Even if you're a novice, this could be for you. Butts and Butts, along with former NFL linebacker Sean Barber, have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football. That's right. Suicide Fantasy Football is now available. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details. You'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win $25,000. Suicide Fantasy Football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady Tomas for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks. No waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Uh, I'm Michael Warren. I'm with G. Cobb. And, G., see how many these, uh, these we can get through to, to finish out the show this week. Uh, the preseason is just about done. We've got three games left. Finally, the regular season comes back. So we know a little bit more. We've had some training camps. We've seen some position battles. We know a little bit more about these teams. We still don't know anything uh, overall. But let's see, I want to get your take on, on who's going to come out of some of these divisions. We'll start in the NFC West. Uh, the Cardinals are the returning uh, Super Bowl. They represented the uh, NFC in the Super Bowl last year. 
I'm not buying that they're going to come back and be that good again. They played their best football at the end of the year, all well and good. This division stinks. It stinks. The Cardinals, I'm still not sold on. I know they went to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Uh, the Rams are brutal. Uh, they're probably going to have another bad year. The Niners still don't have a quarterback. They're probably going to have another bad year. Seahawks are intriguing. You never really know what you're going to get out of the Seahawks. Uh, primarily, I guess, because you, you never know what, what Hasselbeck's going to do. He's always hurt, but supposedly he's pain-free. Uh, so he's coming back. He's got Hushmanzada now. They can't run the ball a lick still, so that's, that's still a problem. Who do you like out of this NFC West? I mean, it's basically, you, you're what, the best of the worst if you win this division? I mean, I guess you have to get some wins. You've you got to beat the other the, uh, bad teams in your division. Who do you think comes out of the division this year in the NFC West? Well, NFC West, I, I think you, you're looking at uh, Arizona versus Seattle. Uh, you know, Seattle stays healthy. Um, you know, uh, Hasselback stays healthy. Uh, that gives them a shot. Uh, I don't know how good they are. You really don't have to be good uh, to come out. I, I think that uh, with Arizona, it was a matter of them. Uh, they, they hit everybody right. I mean, their offense dominated the playoff games uh, and it kind of covered for their defense. And, uh, and their defense, you know, uh, they did enough to win. Uh, but it's really the offense. You know, if, if you don't let them light you up, you know, you got a chance to beat them. So, uh, Seattle, um, you know, they have had some players that have had some success, and you know, but I don't know how good they are. I mean, they could be terrible too, but uh, I'd have to favor Arizona uh, because they might be able to go to the playoffs with an 8-8 and record. That's how bad the division is, so. It's brutal, and I think I'd, I think I'd have to agree with you on the Cardinals. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the Seahawks do it because they're always kind of that team I can never get a feel for. Are they going to be awful? Are they going to have a decent team? I don't know, but Arizona's probably the safe bet, but, boy, is that a, a terrible division. Now, the South, I, I kind of like Atlanta, and, and the reason why I think is, is everything I've heard about Matt Ryan is all his teammates are saying he's that much better this year. He's just he's more focused. He's that much smarter. He's got a better handle of things. And that's a pretty big deal when you can have a quarterback like that playing at a high level with Michael Turner, Roddy White, who's turned into a superstar. Um, the rest of the division, I, I kind of put Carolina in that Seattle category of I don't know what to think of them. We really don't know what they are or who they are. The Saints are going to be, you know they're still going to score points. They're always going to score points. I love Drew Brees. Defense will be better, but I still think it's terrible. And the Buccaneers, I mean, I don't even know what's really going on with them down there. Um, they're probably not going to be a very good team this year. They've got a couple players here and there, but you've got the new coach. There's no real quarterback to speak of. I'm okay with Leftwich. Don't love him. I like the Falcons out of the South. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I think the, the Falcons are definitely the team on the rise. That They, they are in a position where they've added uh, a player that's going to help them immediately. Uh, they've got a young quarterback who's going to do nothing but get better. And so, uh, you know, when you, you bring in the Tony Gonzalez, it's going to help um, uh, Matt Ryan. It's going to make him more effective. I think they've, uh, you know, they've got a, a receiver that's coming into his own. Um, and uh, even though his name escapes me right now, what am I talking about? Um, Roddy White. That's right. You know, he's really yeah. coming to his own. I, I think he's got a lot of room to grow, that he's a guy that's got tremendous size, tremendous speed, and he's, he's growing as a receiver. I think the quarterback's growing. So I think, I think this team could get better. And, and they're going to be a team that, Probably the Eagles are going to have to deal with if they, they want to go to the Super Bowl because I think Atlanta's going to be a very good team. Um, you know, of course, injury can change all that, but right now they are one of the favorites, you know, to, uh, uh, to, to, to uh, represent the Eagles in the Super Bowl, if you ask me, because uh, 
I mean, not the, the NFC, uh, because, you know, I, I don't know how good Ryan's going to be. I, he doesn't have to be uh, as good as some other people because he's got a great running game, you know, and yeah. uh, that, great, that great running game, it takes the pressure off of him. He doesn't have to do what McNabb is going to have to do. He doesn't have to do what, um, what uh, Kurt Warner's got to do. You know, right. he, he, is, he is really can be an accomplice rather than the main guy. He can be an accomplice and, and win a championship. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're still um, a team that hasn't proven they can do it under the bright lights because, they, you know, they lost in the playoffs. But right. uh, they're, they're a year older, and, and they should be good. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. We're running up on the close, but we've got to get to the NFC East. It's the division we talk about more than any other. Uh, the Redskins still don't do it for me, although – it might surprise some people. I really think they could, especially if Hainsworth is playing that well. The Giants, I still think, I still think they're the team to beat in the division. And I, I didn't think that in the offseason when I saw what the Eagles did and moves they made, and I said, wow. And then I kind of watched them during training camp and preseason. I'm really not impressed with Philly so far. Dallas, if they stick to running the ball, could be very dangerous. I know you don't like Dallas much this year. I like them a little more than you do because I think if they stick to running the ball, they could be a big problem. Right now, I gotta say the Giants. Though, anybody knocking off the Giants as far as you're concerned in the East? Well, I, I think so. I think the Giants are beatable. You know, I, I still see Manning and I see those receivers, and I don't, I don't think they're going to be, you know, consistent to where they were when he was when he had uh, Plaxico. So, uh, w- when you're relying on the running game, uh, if if you stop somebody, let's say on first down, and uh, you you, uh, you you hold the game to two yards. Uh, on second down, you hold it to two yards. Now on third down, they got to throw the ball. They got to get a first down on third and four. I mean, third and six. And so, uh, you know, I don't know that Manny can do that consistently. If he doesn't have that guy, he can just throw the ball up in the air over there. So I think this exposes him, and he he is a clearly a guy there that is their Achilles' heel. And unless he ups his game, you know, they're not unbeatable. No, I absolutely, I agree that they're beatable. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on you hate to put so much pressure on a rookie like that. This kid, Hakeem Nix, out of North Carolina, the first-round pick, uh, and it's supposedly he's already starting to cut into Hickson's time. They're not love in love with Hickson right now. If he can develop and be that guy, that's going to change everything, but it's tough to say, oh, this rookie's going to come in and do this. Um, but if he can cut into Hickson's time and they can throw the ball a little bit, because, like you said, if they can't throw the ball, you can bring that safety up and stop him for two yards here and there. And now they better figure something out because it's third and definitely a passing down. Um, but I think that the important thing is everybody has their holes in this division. Uh, I don't know that I'd be shocked. Anybody other than the Redskins, I probably wouldn't be shocked if they win the division. Again, I'm a little higher on the Cowboys. We still, they, they are terrible at the end of the season. But, uh, but we'll see what happens. But, uh, gee, that's our time for this week. Um, my pleasure is always glad to be joined by you. And uh, I guess I will see you next week. On G Cobb in the House, VoiceAmericaSports.com. Take care. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.